Well, friends, in episode number 62 of the Created to Thrive podcast, I'm going to be talking more about emotional wellness, but specifically, how do you handle difficult or toxic relationships? And I have my friend on here, Vicki Lynn, who is from the SurvivorCenter.com, and we're going to be talking about something that could be triggering for a lot of people, but it's something that we have to talk about because especially coming out of the pandemic, there are so many relationships that have been strained and unhealthy. And then coming into Thanksgiving and the Christmas holiday season, how do you interact with family members or work environments that are not really healthy for you? How do you prepare your heart? And we're gonna talk about how do you become aware or recognize if you are in an unhealthy relationship or it's toxic or it's narcissistic. What are some of the red flags that could signal that your relationship with your spouse, a family member, a friend, a boss, or even the church is unhealthy? How do you discover your value and worth if you have been emotionally, verbally, physically, or spiritually abused? And then what are some of the tips to help you set healthy boundaries during the upcoming holiday season and then beyond? So we're going to get into the thick of this. So grab a pen and paper because we're going to give you some resources as well as great insight and information to equip and encourage you or those that you love. And also, too, I want to let you know that I did a whole Hope for the Holiday series last year on the podcast. So episode eight is called How to Prepare Your Heart to Thrive Despite Your Circumstances. And that's a real popular one that I want you to go and listen to if you haven't yet, episode number eight. And then going into that would be episode number nine, How to Really Live with Expectancy versus expectation to prevent disappointment. And then it would be episode number 12, when all hope seems lost, hope for the holidays, episode number 12, where I talk about how this time, uh, it was 17 years ago, exactly that my husband and I separated and filed for divorce and was going through where it seemed like all hope was lost but God. So I want to encourage you with those episode number eight, nine, and 12 to be a blessing after you listen to this entire episode with Vicki Lynn. And if you could do me a favor to share this podcast with as many people as possible, and that would really not only be a blessing to me, but also give them resources and hope and healing to give them that help that they need. All right, friends, here we go. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. Do you want 
Want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. All right, my friends, today I have my new friend, Vicki Lynn, on the show. And Vicki and I recently met in a Kingdom Women's Collaborative, and I knew right away that I wanted to have her on the podcast because we're going to talk about something that's really important and unfortunately a growing topic. Uh, Vicki is a Jesus-loving woman who is the founder of the Survivor Center, where she equips and empowers women who are forced to share custody with an abusive ex-husband or partner. She herself is a survivor of 24 years of narcissistic abuse. She knows what it's like to live in a constant state of anxiety, fear, and stress. And so she's on a mission to change that for others. She has walked this journey and gives resources as well as she has a community for mamas to rise up, overcome, and reclaim their life. So welcome, Vicki. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And going into the holidays, I know this is a real heavy topic. It's not one that, you know, everyone's talking about Thanksgiving and being thankful and we don't dismiss that. But one of the things that also is not really discussed is how much stress is involved with having to interact with difficult people that you'll be seeing, whether they're in your family or at work or at the school or at church, the different dynamics. So I want to talk about this uh, with you and um, just really help people create an awareness. Maybe they're not going through a difficult relationship or situation, but I want them, especially coming out of the pandemic, I want them to be aware of other people. And I have walked this out with several women who had narcissistic marriages and trying to co-parent with them and just the, the turmoil and all the different challenging situations. Um, I felt helpless at times because I didn't know how to really offer help or resources. So let's talk about that uh, today. First of all, how do you even become aware if someone is in a toxic environment. So what red flags would signal that a person is either in a toxic environment or relationship of any kind? So with Thanksgiving around the corner, you know, I'll address as best I can talking about like family dynamics um, and spousal. So red flags, really, when you're with a difficult person or in a relationship, um, they, you feel on edge. So I'll just go real basic to start. You feel on edge. Uh, You might feel like you're walking on eggshells. You're worried that your reaction to a person or your opinion shared with that person or your feelings will upset a certain person. And so you tend to withdraw. So you tend to maybe stay quiet or just know that you have to avoid a certain person, um, whether it's like a, if it's the holidays, you know, you're going to avoid your cousin because you always feel like whatever you say, she attacks you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or if it's your spouse, um, you know, that you can't tell him how you really feel about any situation 
because he has made you, he has said things to you that have made you feel like you were wrong. And even though it's just your feelings, you're made to feel you're wrong. And I could probably say that like as a blanket statement across the board, dealing with toxic people. Yeah. And they're not just men. I know you deal specifically with mamas because you're helping them co-parent, but I know personally, I just had someone that uh, I had to walk through this with a year ago and she was the very toxic person and had to help the the man with some different coping strategies and and interactions. So it's both male and female. Yes, it is. It is. And I always, I, I always speak from my experience, which is, you know, me being a woman and Uh, But toxic people can exist, you know, anywhere. And I often find that the moms I work with that um, coming out of an abusive or at least a toxic relationship, a marriage, they typically had a parent who was or is also toxic, also potentially narcissistic and definitely emotionally not a safe person. And so it stands to reason that when we're going into the holidays that you may think, okay, well, I'm not with my, let's say my ex-husband or my ex-wife, right? Because they were harmful, but you're walking into your family's (laughs) dinner and it, you know, it's your mom that's going to make you feel like nothing you do is good enough. Mm -hmm. And so I, for myself, I had to walk that journey where it wasn't my mom. It was my, my dad. So, um, he just, I never got his approval. I never felt good enough for him because lots of reasons. And, you know, when I, uh, escaped my abusive marriage and I was walking through the, the divorce process and sharing custody, which was also extremely, extremely hard. Yeah. I found that I would still feel like a child when I would talk to my dad and I would still feel like, um, you know, I was trying to win his approval. And, you know, it took me a couple of years to recognize I'm free of the ex-husband, but I'm not free of this desire and need to please someone that's really important in my life. Yeah. And so um, that's just something I, I like to put out because we might all think we've escaped uh, in a toxic work environment, but then we go to our family and, you know, maybe our dad or our mom constantly make us feel like we're not good enough and we're always trying to win their approval. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such an important point. And I found too, that especially with the women that I was uh, meeting with, you know, again, probably at least 15 different women, they were experiencing that within the church because they didn't feel safe within the church because it was always a matter of, well, God hates divorce. You've got to submit you've got to forgive. And it was just putting a bandaid versus nurturing her heart to get really at that emotional and mental um, aspect of her to be able to equip her to say, okay, we hear you, we see you, we validate you. How can we come alongside and help you? So yeah, it does spill over into every area. So that's a great point. Yes, absolutely. What? So, you know, the first thing is we have to become aware because you don't know what you don't know. And would you find that most people then will say, well, what is about me? Because I'm kind of the common denominator or this just tends to never go away. Do you find that often that we want to dismiss the other person and blame ourselves? 100%. And I feel like a couple of reasons that that is one is I believe we as a society 
and maybe in the church also, or not maybe, definitely in some churches also, you know, um, we feel like we, and you hear this, we attract narcissists or we have attracted toxic people. Like you said, we're the common denominator. So then we think we, we then, um, the message that something's wrong with us gets underscored again and again and again. And honestly, we then take the focus off of the, let's say the abusive person, mm-hmm. the toxic person and onto the, the abused or the victim or, you know, someone who's suffering. Yeah. Um, and it, it takes some time. And I remember going through and I would Google, literally, <laughs> I would Google, what does Bible say about my worth? Mm. What does God say about my worth? Yeah. What does God say about my identity? And I know I Googled, I mean, I just started Googling because I figured it was faster than trying to like, you know, f- you know, look in the Bible. And then I would go to the Bible from the Google results and I would just start to meditate on those verses mm-hmm. and allow them to soak into me, even though I didn't believe them, even though I wanted to believe them, but I didn't. And, and then I just asked God to change my heart and over time that occurred. Mm. So I think that when we, um, if we know someone who's walking through a difficult situation or with a difficult person or sharing custody with a difficult person or a parent, um, it's important, I think, especially if they are believers to point them back to the basic truth of what, who God says we are and what he believes about us. And, um, our worth and our value in his eyes, right? We're his masterpiece, but you don't feel like a masterpiece when you've been, your personhood has been verbally and emotionally and psychologically and even spiritually beaten down by another person. So, but it always has to come back to the truth. That's where we find life. Yeah. 100%. And I, I can't echo your, your um, words more because what I found was in this case, it was predominantly the men. They would look like they're, they're playing the part in the church. They're an elder or they're going to the Bible studies. They're showing up and they have this facade and they're using all the scriptures. They're saying all the things and they're manipulative in a way that makes the woman feel so small. And it just, it would break my heart and the women would feel so trapped. What do I do? Because how do I, first of all, how do I get help? with someone that will actually give me the truth, help me understand my value and worth, but then equip me with tools to step into conflict resolution. Because one, what I have found is that we have to take personal responsibility. So that's the first thing, you know, once we're aware of it, but then you get the help to give you the equipping tools then to be able to step in. So talk about that. I know that, um, that's a lot right there, but what would you say to, especially the woman listening that maybe is struggling right now and she feels helpless, she feels hopeless and she feels trapped. What would you suggest? So I would, I would encourage her to find one person who hears her and believes her. And that might be often not someone that's that she already knows. It might be someone she needs to go to um, a local domestic violence organization. And, and I say that where a lot of women, including myself, don't believe that we were in a domestic violence situation. 
So there's a stigma around that, which we would talk about another day, but, um, but often it's going to, or social services, some, something, or, or perhaps a pastoral counselor or just somebody, but, but that they believe her, um, or a friend. I mean, she has to feel safe and heard and believed. That would be number one. And I would say if you, if the woman who's listening doesn't have that or feels like she's tried and people have, you know, not, not believed her or told her to go back to her husband, like my church at the time did, um, that she's welcome to reach out to me just, and I, I can link her to resources, but that is number one. And I was blessed that I had, there was two times that I escaped my situation and two different friends helped me in those situations. And so I did have friends who believed me. And so that, that was very helpful. Um, So I would say that would be a a place to start because many women feel like, well, I've already tried, you know, I've already talked to my friends. um, I've talked to my pastor and they feel like there's nowhere to go. Just what you said. Yeah. So knowing that, and if she truly has exhausted her, her organizations locally, you know, reach out to me and I can connect her to either someone, you know, myself or, or another resource for sure. And your website is the survivorcenter.com. And I'll have this in the show notes, but you also have a, is it a Facebook group that you have that helps them have that community? So they will get validated and know that they're not alone, that they're not crazy. So that is called hopeful and healed moms. And again, I'll have that in the the show notes, but tell me about that a little bit. Like, what are you doing from a community standpoint as well? So, because it is from what I have experienced with other women, they feel very alone and isolated. And that's part of the manipulation that happens. Right. Right. So the community aspect, we've got about a thousand women in there right now um, from all over the world. And it's, it's really exists for support encouragement to not feel alone, um, you know, to get perhaps some prayer, to get some tips, to get some resources. I do some free trainings in there and, and coaching just based off my experience. And, um, you know, most women who come in there are very quiet because they are untrusting, which is understanding. And, um, but, but most of us end up saying, most of the women end up saying, it's like they have a playbook. It's like, you know, these difficult people have a playbook by which they go by. And, um, it just helps to know that even though it's super hard, that there are other people dealing with it and, um, gosh, there's just power. There's just power in community always. Yeah. Well, and from what I understand, you're helping them give themselves a voice to recognize what you had talked about before, to show them this is your value and your worth because you have a faith-based approach and because that's really where we find our value because we're created in the image of God and his likeness and to have that his power and dominion here on the earth. And I think that's where they need to know that, okay, there is a place that I can go. Um, Let me just ask you this. How did the Lord help you with discovering your value and worth to empower you to be able to make the necessary choices, because I think that's key. So, so I would like to, there's so much we could talk like hours on that, right? But (laughs) no, no, but two things. So in 2011, when my daughter was just one, 
and you know the abuse was pretty intense and i remember obviously i had been praying for a long time and crying out to god for a long time and asking him to change my husband and blah 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 <clears throat> i was lying in bed after a huge fight and i had asked him to leave and he wouldn't leave um and whether it was the audible voice of god or just really really loud in my spirit don't know but i heard him say Vicky, you don't have to live this way. Not another day. And he said it three times. So it was like, just to make sure you heard. Yeah. yeah. And that to me gave me permission to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's that. And what I will say though, is I, I left, there's a whole story. And then I came back. There's a whole story there. But when I came back the second time, now my daughter is five years old, four and five at this point. And it was getting bad again. And I remember opening the Bible and like, and then Googling again, you know, what does God say about abuse? What does God say about divorce? And I mean, I just was digging, digging, digging and reading scriptures and books and this and that. And my friend said to me, my friend who was just so wise, she said, he's already given you permission. Why are you asking him again? You know, Mm. what are you, what are you doing? Mm. And so it wasn't that I really felt before I left that I was worthy. I didn't. It was more like I just had God's almost like a, I don't want to say a cattle prod. That's not the right word, but like, you know, he just sort of like galvanized me to go. Sure. And then, then I went on the journey of my worth, my value and how he saw me. I hope mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And fast forward to now, where are you at now in your journey? So now I get upset when I see people that don't feel their worth, you know, upset for them. Like, you know, I want this freedom for them because, um, because God is so good and faithful. And even when you don't know what to ask him, he will answer you. Even when you don't know how to pray, he'll answer. It's more of, you know, obviously he sees your heart, right? It's what the Bible says. He sees your heart. So I think just having that desire to um, to live truly in a freedom that he has given us and truly um, then glorify him through what you've been through, like that desire will go a long way. And I think that because I have that desire, the Holy Spirit's like encouraged me with that desire for years and years and years. Yeah. I think that that's one of the things, um, if you have that desire, then God will take care of you and set you on your path. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that you bring hope and healing that offers freedom to others because you know what it's like in that journey. And I love that that's how we can um, really identify with the sufferings of Jesus in our own way is that he knows what it's like in our journey and to um, have that strength to say, if God be for me, who can be against me? And that will strengthen you to be able to move forward. But then knowing that if I can also now help others who are going through what I've come out of, and you're still, you know, in process of journeying, but that is so much greater of that healing now, because that's that true freedom that you've like, I'm also now setting other captives free because that's what Jesus came to do for us, as well as giving us his power and his ability to do that, his grace. So, all right. So 
the last thing, and then we could talk so much more about this, but I want to help people with coming into, you know, Thanksgiving, and then we've got the, the Christmas and um, various holidays. What would you say, what are some tips that um, someone listening right now could do to set healthy boundaries for themselves? So the first thing is recognizing kind of what you said in the very beginning about awareness. Mm -hmm. Many, many, many of us that are in these situations, again, it could be with a parent, a sister, brother, your spouse, or ex-spouse. We're so used to the way things are that it's just, this is the way it is. This is how they are. This is our family dynamic, you know, and we might even hang our, our hat on the fact that we're dysfunctional and like, let's laugh about it. And that only goes so far. That's really a surface thing because really the deep need is that we're hurting deeply and whether it's for affection, approval, you know, acceptance, whatever yeah. our deep need is, it's not getting met. Correct. So um, I would say probably the best thing I could say is before you go into a holiday or before you go into a situation where you know what it's going to be like because of the past is decide how do you want things to go for you this time? And you might think that's Pollyanna to sort of think, well, how can I decide how things get to go for me when I'm not in control? Because that's what a lot of us believe. Um, but I would say that's the first thing. Second thing is, um, again, if you're a believer, I would look at, I would just go into the words in red and read how Jesus handled his haters, how Jesus handled the Pharisees and all the things like just and go and see how he handled them. I mean, he's the master of boundaries and it's not just like, it's not a self-help book where it's laid out. Here's how Jesus handled boundaries. But <laughs> literally, if you go to and read his words in red, you yes. will see all yeah. about boundaries. Yeah. Um, so those would be the tips that I would say, because you, I would love to say, stand up for yourself and put a boundary in place, but it literally seems like impossible when you haven't done it before or you've done it and they've crossed them again and again. So I don't want to rah-rah you there. It's more of let's go to the master who truly is where we all can draw our strength from and our example from. Yeah. And I think that what you said before, it all has to start with your value and worth. When you understand that you are valuable to him, you can say to yourself, I value myself too much to allow someone to treat me this way or to talk to me this way, but how I handle that needs to be with God's grace and direction. And like you said, God will speak to you and he will give you a prompting that will cause you to have that courage and even boldness to take that step and set that boundary. So that's so important. And that's where too, learning how to deeply connect with God by asking him questions, Lord, how do, how do you want me to go into the situation? How do I interact with uncle Joe when I know he's going to get a little handsy or he's going to have a little too much to drink and then get wants a hug or whatever the situation is, or they're just verbally, you know, demeaning. Um, I don't know how else you can do it without Jesus. Agree. Agree. There's been so many times. So what you just described, right like asking Holy spirit, you know, God, help me, show me, give me the words. A lot of times it's, you don't, he's not going to give you like a script where you walk into the the family reunion with the script. It's more of, 
you feel it in your body, that clenching in your chest or the tightness in your, in your belly. And, and like alarm bells might be going off all over your body and you're just used to it, but it's that, okay, I feel that. And so then it's just take a deep breath and then try, you know, and the trying is where I feel like God's going to come in and just assist you. He might not, you might not know ahead of time what you're going to say. I mean, I can't tell you how many times there were, you know, opportunities. I'm sure you can speak to this too in your life where you knew you had to do something. You didn't know exactly how it was going to happen, but the opportunity presented itself and you took a step and then God met you. And then you took a step and, you know, with Thanksgiving being only a few days away right now, as we're recording this, there's not a ton of time to really find and dig your worth and then believe it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. 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 But that is definitely the long game. Um, the short game is just, like I said, um, asking God to meet you where you are. And maybe you just decide this holiday, I'm going to, you know, cause there's like things where the boundaries need to be like small and then there's like huge boundaries. And so maybe it's too much to go from, I can't even do a little boundary to a big boundary. So maybe it's just, you decide, you know what, this kid is, you know, um, this, this cousin is really annoying and he always grates on my nerves. I'm just going to say something when he, when he you know upsets me. Cause like, maybe you could do that, but maybe you can't stand up to uncle Frank or uncle Joe or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And that's a great, uh, that's a great point. And that's where I will go in say, okay, what's going on in my heart right now. I'm feeling anxious or being self-aware and then say, okay, Lord, how can I connect to your love for me? One of the best questions I have for the Lord is, Lord, how can I rest in your love right now? And then pause and really just get that solid in my heart because we will hear with our spiritual ears or the eyes of our understanding or just have that felt sense of his presence of just saying, I am with you. And knowing that he'll give you a picture or a word or something that you can go, okay, now I can take that step or how do I just uh, be a conduit of your love? How can I love this person without really having to get down to their level or just like a water off the duck's back where it doesn't affect me? It's not going to infect me. I'm not going to get contaminated by it. And that's where you really have to do prepare your heart uh, for that. So, um, well, is there anything else, Vicki, for just in relation to what we've been talking about, anything else that you would recommend or suggest or even a prayer to the listener? I mean, I always like to recommend to the mom as I work with, and I know I've said this multiple times just on this podcast alone, but I would really get in touch with what is your like biggest thing right now? Is it boundaries? Is it that you don't feel loved? You know, is it that you feel God is far from you? What is it right now? You know, is it just that there's fear because you're sharing custody with someone who you believe is dangerous. Like maybe there's just fear, like a constant level of fear. I would Google, what does the Bible say about fear? Find a verse, look up all the verses that you can find one. One's going to speak to your heart like that. And uh, it's going to either make you cry or just make you like, you know, super excited. Something is going to speak directly to exactly what you need. And then I would encourage the person to say that out loud, say that verse out loud, make it personal, put yourself, you know, instead of it just being sort of a general verse, make, make it personal. Um, obviously I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me is already a personal, right. But maybe it's, um, 
you know, like you said, if God is for me, no one can be against me. Okay. Make it personal. Say it out loud. That helped me tremendously to start to hear the word and then believe it over time. Yeah. And it's that getting, you know, I always go back to everything. Our deep needs all go back to love. We were created by love for love to be loved. And that is our deepest desire. And so really perfect love casts out fear. So God is perfect love. So really connecting to him ahead of time and, um, is going to be so important. So that's, that's wonderful advice. So remind us again, how can people get connected with you? So, um, they can get help and resources as well as community. So Facebook group is hopeful and healed moms. And so, and then my website is the survivorcenter.com. And there's plenty of, I write blogs twice a week on there. So there's plenty of advice there. And then I also have online courses as well that are on there. Awesome. Well, you are a tremendous blessing and I know we'll be back on, unfortunately, the, the narcissistic situation is prevalent and, um, people need to know that they're not alone and they're not crazy. So I know we'll be doing some more things with you back in the the beginning of the year. So thank you again, Vicki. And I just pray everyone who is listening to know that you are deeply loved. You are highly valued and you were created to thrive. God bless. Friend, I hope this podcast has blessed you. And now here is a way that you can really bless me in return. First of all, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And then go to Apple Podcasts, leave me a written review along with a five-star rating. This not only encourages me to keep going and producing these episodes, but it makes it possible for others to learn about this podcast as well. Then go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode or your review and then share it on your Instagram and Facebook stories and make sure you tag me at Lori K. Snyder. So then I can share you and my stories and then we can just be social together. Together we can reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and this podcast helps make that possible to fulfill the Great Commission. Thank you so much and God bless.